The president just spoke with the British Prime Minister for about 45 minutes, so there's no better person to bring onto the show to talk about that and other current political topics than Michelle Woodhouse, former congressional candidate, political analyst. Thank you so much for being on the show again, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. So today, Biden and Rishi Sunak from Britain talked about various things. They talked about artificial intelligence, uh, the economic relationship between our two countries. They also talked about Ukraine and uh, LGBT legislation that Biden is set to announce very soon. So a very wide range of topics. But for me, I think the, the biggest thing I took was that Rishi Sunak said the United States is the largest contributor to Ukraine. I thought that was very interesting to hear. Well, we we have been contributing to them for uh, really since the beginning of the, the the move by Russia to take over their country, and and we've been continuing to support that war while we're watching uh, our own country struggle uh, and continue to struggle with a wide open border, fentanyl pouring over the border, people in America suffering under the Joe Biden administration, and and he continues to be tone deaf to the struggles of Americans and North Carolinians. Do you think it's possible that a statement like that from one very powerful world leader about uh, the U.S.'s status in the war in Ukraine, do you think that could make Russia even more disappointed and angry at the United States? Well, I wouldn't even begin to understand what could go on in Putin's mind, that's for sure. But uh, I think his anger and hatred of the United States has been pretty strong and continues to be strong. Uh, obviously, they he thought this would be a weekend military exercise and he would gain control of of Ukraine, never seeing uh, the United States step in with the support that they've that they've had there. But let's just hope that this is not a, another one of those places where the United States is funding for decades a war that doesn't have anything really to do with uh, with our country. And let's just pray that American soldiers are never deployed there. Just a few seconds ago, you were referencing uh, more national in terms of United States issues, things going on here, which is a perfect segue over to our uh, presidential election that keeps on growing and growing, at least on the GOP side. Right now, the Republican uh, race for president looks a lot like the Republican race uh, for governor here in North Carolina. Lots of candidates on the right, usually just about, seems like, one person representing the left. The candidates going for president right now do you think there any of them really matter other than DeSantis, Pence, and Trump? Well, you know, I, I do. I think that, you know, it's early in polling, right? If we were to look back, roll the clock back, going into the 2016 presidential race, if we said who's leading the polls, it was Jeb Bush. And goodness, that is not who we ended up as our nominee, and thank goodness. But I think right now, obviously, big discussions around former President Trump, Vice President Pence, Governor DeSantis, all three of them will be in North Carolina this weekend. Uh, First time that the three of them have been together since all three have announced their presidential intention. So it's a great time to be a Republican in North Carolina because we are getting the, the three leading candidates. I think, though, that Tim Scott brings a really compelling and interesting story into the race. I think Vivek Ramswamy is going to be the bomb thrower as it relates to issues, pushing the envelope, forcing some of the people in this race to really take a strong stance. Um, he has the money 
and the platform to be able to do that in a way that we've never really seen before in a Republican primary. So I, I think he's going to be fascinating and fun to watch on the debate stage. And, you know, he's young, so he's kind of taking a very different approach into this race than has traditionally been taken with GOP candidates. So the Trump-DeSantis battle will be, you know, I think one for the ages and, and great to watch. What I hope, though, is that this is really a battle of ideas. It's a battle of policy differences and that it doesn't become personal because when it becomes personal, we lose voters. And that is, we cannot have that happen as we go into this Republican primary. As you were referencing earlier, the North Carolina GOP convention is uh, starting officially, I believe, tonight. Uh, DeSantis is scheduled to speak tomorrow night. Pence is scheduled to speak at about lunchtime on Saturday. Trump is the main speaker at Saturday evening. Uh, Trump again in the news because it looks like he might face more charges. He's already been indicted in um, in New York. Uh do you think these additional charges make any sort of an impact? Because to me, it seems like he's been charged for something, therefore he has been charged. I don't necessarily look at adding things on. I think it's enough that he's charged for one thing. Is uh, Do you think voters will be impacted the more and more things he's potentially charged with? Well, it's such a great question, because I think the people that are that are the diehard Trumpers, it doesn't matter. It, it, doesn't, it just further locks them into his camp. And then the people who are the never-Trumpers, it further locks them into their camp. And then you kind of have this squishy group in the middle. And one of the interesting things that I think we're going to watch play out during this primary is does the white noise around Donald Trump and the Department of Justice and all of those things, does that white noise impact voters? And if it does, to whom do they go? And that's going to be the interesting component, I think, as we watch this all play out. On the other side, do you think anyone is going to reasonably have a challenge against the current president? You know, I think that we should pay really close attention here in North Carolina with our own Governor Cooper, because are the Democrats going to let Joe Biden, with his horrific approval numbers and, and candidly, his failing health, let him really be their candidate on the ballot in 2024? Will that really play out? And the Democrats have no bench. There's no one serving with him in Washington, D.C. now that could step in and take the mantle. Just absolutely no one. Uh, Gavin Newsom is too far left to win swing states that will be critical in taking the White House or for them holding the White House. So who is a Democrat that can win in the South, who can take Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, who is the Democrat that is sitting out there who could do it? Not Gavin Newsom, not Gretchen Whitmer. Is Roy Cooper somehow on a short list to maybe come in out of nowhere and be the presidential nominee for the Democrats? Do you think he personally would be interested in pursuing uh, the presidency? I think Roy Cooper has a very strong political agenda, and he'd probably be interested in it. I don't know many that wouldn't if they were tapped on either side of the aisle. Her name's Michelle Woodhouse, a former congressional candidate here in North Carolina, political analyst, a good friend of WPTF. Michelle, thanks for being on the show again. Thanks for having me.